for coming on, Wendy. Wendy Cartagena is here, and I'm going to take this opportunity to find out more about her because seriously, the big shot with Bethany did not elaborate the background of the contestants. So I really want to know more about Wendy today. So first off, how are you? What have you been up to? Yeah, I'm doing well. Um, you know, we wrapped up filming this mini series um, in, I think it was like early December, I believe. I don't even remember, but it was the end of 2020. And so it's been several months since the last uh, taping of the show in New York. I'm doing well, you know, I'm back to my normal life, you know, prior to being on the show. Um, I, I, you know, I'm a career woman. I've worked for very innovative companies. I worked at Tesla. Um, I'm currently working at an investment bank. So I'm just back to my normal life, you know, I am not a TV person. I don't want to become famous. I don't want uh, to, you know, my goal was never to go on the show and then, you know, become famous. My goal was actually to get the job and use my transferable skills from working at Tesla and other stuff that I've done throughout my life to really help Bethany's company grow. So I'm back in my grind, back to the hustle, back to the vision board of building a meaningful and a career driven life for myself. Yeah, I was a Tesla employee for five years. I was recruited before I graduated university and I, I was there for five years. And I recently transferred over to an investment bank where I focus more on um, investments and building portfolios. You shared a story about your health diagnosis on the show. How is your health now? Because my sister is in remission from, uh, from breast cancer. How are you? Well, you know, I shared something that is still in the unknown for me. Um, so I shared that I, you know, survived thyroid cancer. In 2019, I had a surgery that removed the tumor from my thyroid. So I don't have a thyroid gland. I'm on synthetic medication for the rest of my life to be able to, you know, sustain my my immune system and my... Um, Sorry, if you hear my dogs, they're playing. Don't um, worry. To, <laughs> to essentially just live a normal life without a thyroid. Now, what I shared on the show was that there was something that was growing that the doctors don't know what it is. And to this day, they don't know. It doesn't look, um, it doesn't look suspicious right now. And I've done two checkups since the taping of the show when I share that. And everything looks normal. So for them, they think that maybe it's just, you know, something that's going to go away on its own or it's something that's just going to stay there that is not going to hinder my health it's just part of the surgery so we just have to continue monitoring it it's you know I come to terms to just live with it and not worry about it if the doctors are not worried I cannot worry and stop my life and you know think of all these negative things because I'm doing more harm to myself than just you know living my life and enjoying it to the fullest how old were you when you were diagnosed? I was, um, I believe I was 25, 25. Yeah. And did you know anything about it at all? Well, I always had a thyroid problem since I was a what little girl. What is the thyroid problem, by the way? I hope you don't yeah. mind complaining. No, of course. So there are two different types of thyroid issues that people can have. There's okay. hypothyroidism and hyperthyroidism. So Essentially, we didn't know the thyroid gland sits right here on the like pretty much like on the base of your neck. Okay, yeah, everyone has a thyroid. Okay, um, some people like in my case, my thyroid since I was little, it wasn't producing enough 
hormones to regulate my body properly. So that meant that I would gain weight really fast, even though I didn't eat well, and I was always tired and sluggish. And so I just felt like a, I had no energy, you know, when I was younger. So my mom went and the doctor did this, um, the, the, all the blood work, and they did thyroid, uh, the thyroid exam. And that's when they realized, yeah, you have a deficiency in your thyroid hormone. So that's hypothyroidism. Then there's the other opposite one where people eat so much and they're super, super, super skinny. They never like gain weight and they're super hyperactive. Um, and you know, <laughs> my dogs are having so much fun. And um, okay, so I'm trying to like prevent my dogs from making noise. <laughs> no, it's okay. You can bring the dogs on camera too. <laughs> they're too big for me to carry. Okay, so then there's hyperthyroidism and hyperthyroidism is when your body is overproducing this hormone that regulates your body and you just never gain weight and you're super energetic, hyperactive, and that's also a problem. So your thyroid is supposed to be balanced. And so people give you medication to balance things out so that you're not over or under. So I've always had that problem where I was under, so I was very tired, sluggish, and I would just gain weight so fast until I would put on medication when I was 11 years old. And then since then, I live a normal life. But once I hit 25 and I started feeling really tired, even though I was on medication, they did an ultrasound. And that's when they found out that I did have a tumor on my thyroid, which luckily was stage one cancer, which is the best you know, stage that you can go into to get the surgery removed and not have the cancer spread to other parts of your body. And so you were under anesthesia when you went through the surgery? Yeah, I, it was like a, like a full-on surgery. I went into the hospital and, you know, I work with an incredible team of medical professionals that focus on thyroid cancer. They're number one in the country. Um, you know, California has some of the best doctors and I was very fortunate, you know, to have amazing health insurance that covered the cost of everything. I had, I pretty much had zero out-of-pocket costs and I was, you know, in a facility that does cancer research. So I felt like I, I was in very good hands and I felt that I was going to come out of this. And yeah, I went in, they knocked me out. I got out and I felt great. I like, I have a little scar, which you can't even tell. It's like right here. Yeah. And it's been an incredible, you know, I think almost two years since my surgery. And I'm just happy that I can share this story because I hope that other people realize that health is so important. And sometimes you skip on going to the doctor on getting your physical because you feel fine. But you never know stuff can be lingering, you know, and you might feel healthy. And next thing you know, exactly next thing you know, there might be something that needs to get checked. So I always encourage my friends, my girlfriends, like, you know, go get your women check, go get your physical, go do everything. Like, if you have insurance, take advantage of it. And if you don't have insurance, hopefully you work towards getting it because it's so important for, for you to put your health first. You hear that everyone go get <laughs> your yearly physicals question about your anesthesia. Yeah. Were you nervous? Um, How long? I, okay. So they push you into the surgery room. Yeah. And, and I, you saw the, I saw the lights. I saw the little table. I saw the, the, the medical staff. It was a whole crew of people, of uh. surgeons and the anesthesiologist. Um, and I was nervous, but you oh. know, 
when when you have a surgery like when i had my surgery yeah they put something in my iv to make me more calm so i when i was being wheeled into the operating room i was already drowsy i wasn't asleep but i was like i don't know how to explain it i was like in a different dimension where i knew i was gonna have surgery and then next thing you know i was knocked out and next thing you know i woke up and that surgery was done so it's like really yeah, they give oh, you weird. stuff to, to calm you down so that when you go in, you're not like shocked, you know, like, oh my God, you're going to have surgery right now, you know? And how long did you stay in the hospital after that? It was just 24 hours of monitoring. It was just yeah. 24 hours after monitoring. Yeah. And with your thyroid, did that affect your menstrual every month? No, everything's still the same, normal. I've always had a normal menstrual cycle. So even after, even when I was on medication and after I had the, the thyroid removed and then went back on medication, everything was normal, which is a good thing, right? It's a good sign. If something was off, that means the medication is off, you know? So everything, everything is normal. Yeah. So you're not on any medication anymore, right? For your health? No, I, ha- I have to be on medication because I don't oh, have, have my thyroid to. for life. Yeah. There's different cases. In my case, I had my entire thyroid removed. So the entire organs out. What? Did you <laughs> so get means to that, see it after? Did they no, show you? No, oh, no, no, they didn't show me. No, they, they just give you like a report of what they removed and like, you know, what they found, but they don't give you a picture. I mean, they don't okay. give you a picture. You don't get to see it. Um, but I have, I personally have to be on medication because I don't have the organ. But there are some oh, cases. Oh. Yeah. Now I have to be on medication for life. Like I can't not drink my medication or else I will be in trouble. I won't die, but I'll be, I'll feel very sick. But there are other cases where people have thyroid cancer, but they only take half of the thyroid and they leave the other half. That's perfectly fine in there. And those people sometimes don't have to take medication because their other half functions perfectly fine. And it like regulates the entire body. So it's on a case by case basis. Normally, when you get a thyroid surgery, depending on the the person, you can be on medication or you don't have to. But if you fully take your organ out, if they fully take the thyroid, then you 100% will be on medication. Well, prior to investment banking, I was at Tesla for almost six years and I worked on the operations side of the business. Um, and for me, I think, well, let me take you back. For me, yeah, I, I feel, yeah, yeah, I feel fulfilled when I'm in the dirt, when I'm like trying to figure out a complex problem, getting my hands dirty. Like, I don't like to just sit behind my desk all day and just like type away and like do some mediocre, mediocre job. I want to be in it, right? I want to be in the problem, solve the problem, meet with clients, meet with my team, um, understand their feet, their point of view and try to pitch my point of view. That's why I really love my career that I built for myself at Tesla because I started working at Tesla when we were, uh, we were still, we were known, but we weren't the Tesla that you know today. Okay. So, so I went through the launch of model X. I went through the launch of model three. I went through the launch of model Y. When I first started at Tesla, we only had one car and that was a model S, which is the sedan. So I was able to grow with the company and understand the complex problems that we were facing as a tech company, as an EV company, the competition that, you know, we got, and also the, the, negative feedback from wall street wall street thought that we were going to fail wall street to this day thinks that 
Tesla stock is overvalued, right? So we had so many um, negativity thrown at us as, uh, you know, I would say the, the, the revolutionary company of the EV world that I was able to just grasp that and grow with the company and get in there and do the hard work. Whether that meant me helping deliver a car, driving a car to a customer's house, signing the paperwork, bringing the paperwork back, making sure, you know, we processed it, that we got the check, doing that stuff to managing a lot filled with thousands of Teslas and ensuring every Tesla got on a truck and shipped to the delivery center. So I got my hands dirty at Tesla, working in it and understanding how it all functions. Now, when it comes to investment banking, I've always had a mindset of, I want to be my own boss one day. I want to essentially live off investing. I would love to become a day trader when I get older because I would have the time to day trade from my house. So for me, I felt like investment banking was that next step to learn the industry as much as I can, gain the skills I need to eventually when I retire, I can day trade from my house and live off my retirement settlement and day trade and make money. So I've always wanted, you know, to go and shift into the investment world. And I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do that if I didn't have the business experience from working at a tech company and being and getting my hands dirty because investing and investment banking is so difficult. It's so taxing on your body and your, your, your mind. Um, you know, you're, I'm there at 7am. I leave sometimes at six, seven, 8pm, depending on, you know, the day I don't have a life. My life is my job and my career. And I love it because I find fulfillment out of it. And I'm doing something that I really intrigues me. I'm learning every single day. I'm making connections. And it's something that I find fascinating. If it wasn't, if I didn't find it fascinating, I would probably, you know, would be miserable right now. So um, I know that everything that I'm doing is, is with purpose and it's fulfilling every puzzle piece of my master plan for my life that eventually, hopefully I can step back and see everything completed in several years um, and, and see what happens. So you graduated from, from college and then you went to work for Tesla and then you went to work for, the, for this investment bank, correct? Yeah, correct. And what did you, what was your major in college? Yeah. So my major was actually communications. Um, I wanted to do something in public service. So I actually interned for the United Nations thinking that, you know, with my communications degree and me speaking Spanish and Portuguese, that I can work for the U.S. government and be like a foreign service officer. Very different from what I'm doing now. Completely, completely different. Like my degree has nothing to do with the skills I've acquired and learning and I'm learning in investment banking. Um, but that's I hope people understand that, that sometimes your college degree, it's useful, but it doesn't match what you're going to end up doing. And that's okay. The yeah. goal is for you to learn from your experiences, learn from the jobs that you take and capitalize on that and build from that to earn the next big job for yourself. It doesn't matter where you went to school. I take it back. Sometimes it does matter where you go to school. If you go to Harvard, you go to Yale, it matters. But I'm saying sometimes in the in most, in most cases, it's more about how you know, your work ethic, what, you, what skills you bring to the table, how you present yourself in a, in the work environment and your value as a person, what can you bring to this company? Your degree might not match, but if you're able to check everything off, chances are they're going to give you the job, you know, chances are they're going to give you a shot to take the job and show them and prove them that you actually have what it takes. Yeah, I can relate because I majored in sociology in college, but 
I have a career in tech. I'm not in tech anymore. I'm out of tech because I want to do something else. But I definitely agree that you don't necessarily have to follow your um, what what you studied in college Correct. to to be in the career that you wanted. One hundred percent. What other moguls or people do you look up to? Yeah, I would say um, you know one of the person or the person that really inspired me to get into investing, obviously, is Warren Buffett. He's one of the wealthiest men in the world, essentially, and he built his wealth from investing. And when I started, you know, investing at 20, and I was watching, you know, videos on YouTube, like of, you know, wealthy millennials who were hustling and doing like Amazon FBA, and they were doing courses, and they were getting all this money, and they were investing, and then there were day traders, all of them refer to Warren Buffett and how they wanted to one day not reach the magnitude of his wealth, but, but use the skills to build their own little empire. So for me, Warren Buffett is someone who is um, key to everything that I do when it comes to the investing and building something for myself. He also um, shared and he talks about this book called The Intelligent Investor by Benjamin Graham. That's one of the first books that I read parts here and there, because it's a very big book, it's like this thick, of, of why investing is so important. Um, so for me, that book was pinnacle uh, to what I've accomplished at my age at 26. Um, you know, so I would say Warren Buffett, uh, Mark Cuban is another one, you know, he is obviously on Shark Tank, he's one of the sharks. Um, I just love the way he thinks. And I love the way he carries himself. And just the the way he has able to build an empire for himself and all the 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 giving back that he gives to the community and the way he talks about his success to hopefully help other people out. Um, in terms of women, um, women entrepreneurs and moguls, obviously Bethany Frankel, I was on her show. You know, I've been following her since college when she was a housewife and that's how I know of her. That's how everyone knows about Bethany Frankel because, you know, she was one of the key um contributors or not contributors one of the, the key cast members of the housewives franchise in new york um that's how i came to know of her and over time she obviously was very smart um with you know doing her licenses and building her brand and businesses and and so she's another person that i would i would say is very influential to me and you graduated college and then you started investing. Did you sign up for a Charles Schwab account and just and just have a brokerage account and start trading? Yeah, that's that's how you up, do it. Yeah, I signed up for a traditional online brokerage account. I did not back then. Robinhood. I don't think it wasn't. It wasn't a really, yeah. thing. Yeah, back then Robinhood wasn't a thing. Back then, robo advisors were barely making. Uh, yeah, you know, like none of that stuff back in 2015, 14, it was just starting to like, people were talking about it, but it wasn't really like a thing. Uh, so yeah, I opened a normal brokerage account, I transferred all of my savings into my brokerage, and I literally invested everything, every penny of my savings. And I was nervous. I kid you not, because I've been saving this money since I was 16, because I, I worked since I was 16 years old. Um, so I had money saved up. And I worked throughout college. So I'm like, I need to invest this money because I want to double it. I need to double my money. Like it's been sitting in this bank account, earning pennies because interest doesn't really help, right? You, you earn 
0.01% interest. So that's like literally pennies, maybe a dollar at the end of the year. So I was, I was like, I need to grow this money. So fingers crossed, I don't mess it up. Uh, so I, I invested all of what I had and I never looked back. Everything has been great so far. And, you know, I've, I've taken the I've taken the opportunity that the market has presented to everyone because the market has been like this the past four years. So every time it goes down, when everyone's running away and they're like, I'm taking my money out now because the market's going to crash, I literally pour money in. I do the opposite. And that has actually helped me get to where I am today because in, when people are fearful, I'm there doing the complete opposite because I know that over time, this was an opportunity that people are supposed to take. Like when the housing market crashes, this is when you want to buy property, right? You want to buy yeah. property when things crash and you hold on to these things for the long run so that you can actually see the dividends and, and your money grow. What was the research process like when you were investing your savings account? How did you research the stocks that you wanted to buy? Because you were so young, 20, yeah, so 18, 19. I I invested in companies that I knew. That's how I started. So Apple. Gotcha. Smart yeah, girl. Yeah. And I tell, I tell my friends, uh, I tell my friends, like, listen, if you don't know anything about the stock market, invest in things, you know, you know, Walmart. Okay. Yeah, invest, invest in Walmart. In things that you drink every day. Like exactly. Exactly. Invest in Starbucks. Start there. Start small. Um, and of course, diversify, right? Okay, you, I will check how much it is after this. Thank okay. you. You're, you're welcome. I'm serious. I'm serious. After I talk to you, I'm going to do some Googling, see how much money I have from my savings account. I can buy a stock, you know, ones that are like seven, eight, twenty, thirty dollars I don't have to buy an Amazon stock. Yeah, you don't have to buy Amazon. You don't have to buy Google. But, you know, mm -hmm. the beauty of the technology that we have nowadays is that you can actually buy Amazon, you can buy Google, you can buy Tesla at a fraction of the cost. And what do you this mean? is what's called fractional investing. This is what I've been telling all my I've friends. never heard about. of this. Okay, so I in, I created a brokerage account through public. Okay, so write this down, public. P U P uh, P U B L I C public like public library. <laughs> okay, so public is an investing app that allows investors, people, especially younger people, buy fractional shares of companies. So when my friends, you know, and when when younger girls come to me and say, "Hey, I only have like two hundred dollars to invest," I'm like, "Perfect, you can buy Amazon today if you want," and. Um, the way you do that with fractional investing and Charles, Charles Schwab has that too. They call, they call it a uh, slices, I believe. Charles um, Schwab. Yeah. So Google search it. It's, it's called slices. You slices. can get a slice. Yeah. A slice of a uh, company share. So you tell them how much you want to invest. So if you want to invest a hundred dollars in Tesla, a hundred dollars in Amazon, you put the, the number and they will buy a fraction of that stock. So you're still investing in these companies, but you're not paying full price. Is that um, worth it? You think that's worth it? Well, if you continue building it, then yeah. If you only put a hundred dollars in there and never invest again, then yeah, your money's not going to grow. But you ah, have to okay, continue gotcha. building it. Yeah, gotcha. So keep on putting in money to to fraction investing for the same stock. Yeah. Correct. So so oh. Charles Schwab. It calls it's called Schwab stock slices. 
So a lot of brokerage accounts are starting to offer this feature because they know that their demographics are changing. They know that it's younger people who are starting to invest because there's a movement, right? There's a movement that we want, that people want to build financial literacy, that people want to build investment portfolios. They're thinking about their, their retirement more. You know, millennials and Gen Z, we're primarily the ones kind of pushing this, this notion that we need to be financially successful, right? So yeah, a lot of these companies are starting to give their their um, customers opportunities to buy fractional shares that way it's not costing you thousands of dollars to invest in one or two stocks you can actually dictate how much money you want to put in there and of course you're going to maintain your investments the you same have way to you buy the same stock right we'll keep buying it until you you see the gains that you want to see for example cap okay, Let's just say, let me just give you hypothetically numbers. Please. Amazon stock is $1,000, okay? Let's okay. just say it's $1,000. Okay. You put in $100 to invest in Amazon, right? So you have a little fraction of that $1,000 share. Yeah. So if that share, the next day, it goes to $1,500, right? Ah. Your $100 is now going to be worth, let's just say, $130, you see, it grows with your investment. So the more you have, so if you put $500, and you know what I mean? Like it's, gotcha, it's, yes. it's going to mimic that, that share price. I understand now. So the, magnitude, Go the, ahead. Magnitude, the magnitude of your profit is based on how much you give into that stock. So if you put $800 into a $1,000 worth stock, and if that yeah. stock goes to $2,000, your $800 is now worth, I don't know, maybe like $1,200 or something. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's all, it all balances out. Is Robinhood a fraction investing company? It's not, but they also do give you fractional. They also give you the opportunity to, to invest in fractional shares. And do you recommend for a person who's, who is just starting out to use a traditional Charles Schwab or should they use Robinhood? Robinhood is great, especially for beginners. But I always tell my friends, listen, you're going to do investing for life, right? Because investing should be a part of your, pers your personal finance routine. I would say go with the big boys. Go and get a traditional mm -hmm. brokerage. Why are you going to invest on an app and then have to transfer all your money? Let's say you, let's like Robinhood doesn't give you the chance to open like a Roth IRA or for like, they don't give you all these things. It's just literally investing. So if you want to one day open something bigger and have multiple accounts, Robinhood and apps are not going to give you that opportunity. So that's why you should just go to a more traditional platform. You have all the tools you need. You can still start small. And then over time you build and now you have everything in one one big house you have your investment for retirement you have your individual brokerage and then you might have something else in there and everything's in one place instead of you going to one app then going to this thing and then going to that thing and then your money's everywhere i would say just keep it all in one place so go with something that's more traditional that's going to give you that platform okay i will not open my i will <laughs> not open a robin hood account and stick with and stick with but, uh, charles schwab since i already have Morgan Stanley and Charles Schwab may as well use the big You guy. might as well use it. Exactly. And these are more reputable companies. So they have great customer service. Robinhood doesn't like have customer service. Yeah. 
So if you mess up or something happens or you have a question, like you have to email them and then wait for them to respond versus calling, you know, Charles Schwab, speaking to an advisor saying, hey, this is happening or hey, can you help me with this? They'll get on your account, walk you through the entire process and then you're done. You know what I mean? So when you're playing with a lot of money, I would say go with the big guys or if you're going to build a big, you know, investment portfolio, then have the support you need because a lot of what I, what I see nowadays is a lot of Gen Z in particular, they stick to the apps. All their money is in apps, which is fine. I mean, their money is getting invested. It's not a fraud. But it's like, what if you need help with something? What are you going to do? Just email them and wait for it? Like, yeah, what if- they don't have customer service. Even Facebook or Instagram, that's, that's not a phone number that you can call if you get locked out of your account. Exactly. So those pros and cons, you know what I mean? You have to out, you have to just look at the big picture. What do you want and what support you want? And then you can choose which platform makes the most sense for you. If you're, if you're just going to be investing passively, like it's not going to be something that you want to do regularly, then yeah, maybe Robinhood is a good choice, right? Cause you're not going to be doing it to build your retirement account. But if you are going to take it serious, then go with the big guys. Sweet. Yeah, because I don't know if you heard about this scandal with Robin Hood, but one of the teenagers committed suicide because he thought he has lost. Yeah, he thought he lost his number. He thought issue, user interface issue. Yeah, he thought that he so he was um putting uh options right. He was doing options, and something happened where now it said that he owed like a million dollars or something. Yes, and he freaked out and he killed himself. Like that's that. And, and imagine if he had someone on the phone immediately to say, hey, that's actually a glitch. None of this would have happened. You know what I mean? So, yeah. When you made it to, oh, did you know it was Bethany when, so how did that happen? What led you to be on that, on that cast? Did you know it was going to be Bethany or you went in? Yeah, 100% knew. Oh, so, you knew? Okay. Yeah, so... I hear different things. I hear some people, I think some people were brought on purposely to the show because of who they are, right? I don't have, a, like, I don't have a big social media following. I don't come from entertainment. I'm a career woman. I come from, you know, I, I'm 26 years old. Back then I was 25, but I don't have a track record where I have contacts in the media, right? Because that's not what I do. I literally work i'm just a normal person so some people are brought on because of their social media following or because you know they have entrepreneurial skills or they know that you know they work in media and they have all these different skills other people like me i think like half of the cast we applied for the show but it was an application like a job application it wasn't the casting process did not happen until my resume was cleared and approved by bethany so that's that's how that's yeah, so it was it was a very long process, you know, you, for the people who were brought on, I guess, for the people who made it to the show that applied to the show like I did, we applied, we submitted the application, we had to answer a few short answers, you know, submit our resume. And then there were several months where we didn't hear from anyone. I thought that, okay, well, this is not going to happen. Like, it's been four months, no one has reached out. Then casting reaches out and saying, hey, your resume passed. Like, 
the, 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 the producers, which of course included Bethany and other people from MGM and, you know, the other, the, the people who are creating the show, they liked your resume and they want to take you to casting. So first it was a resume, like a job application. Then it was casting. Wow, so once, okay. once the resume was like checked off, then they took me and they did the whole casting process, which is like, you know, you do a video and you say, why do you want to be on the show? What can you bring to the show? What's your oh, experience? so your resume must be cleared before they even interview you for the show. Well, yeah, because it's supposed to be a real job, which yeah. I don't know at this point. I don't know anything of what's happening now, but it was, a, it was supposed to be a real job. So they check your resume, you know, oh. they check, yeah, they, they fact check everything, you know, like they, they're not bullshit. They're not, yeah, you, you put like you were vice president of freaking, I don't know, whatever and then it's not true then they're not going to get on the show like they really need to know that you have the experience right so i think what they did was they brought people from different age groups i happen to be the youngest one i think me and brody were the only young ones on the show we were the same age but they brought people from different ages from different backgrounds from different career experience um but they all wanted people that had experience working if you had one year of career experience, most likely you were not going to make the show because technically she wanted someone to work for her. So she's not going to hire someone yeah. you know, who doesn't have any type of experience if it's really to run her company. Does that make sense? How did you even find out about the show? Was that yeah. announcement on Facebook or something? Yeah, yeah it was. Really? So I follow- yeah, I followed Bethany and I, I never thought that I, I never thought that I would get on the show because like I just applied for it. I'm like, oh, my resume is pretty good. Let me just apply for this, you know, and I think and I'm like, I like Bethany and I like I like the way she's cutthroat and she's a smart woman who doesn't want to be around other smart people. So I applied for it, but I never thought that I would get it. I mean, you just apply for things, right? It was like in yeah. the middle of the pandemic and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to do it. But what um, were you, oh, sorry. What were you doing when you got the phone call that you were selected? I was working. <laughs> you I was working. You I, I was, had to tell I was, your manager. So, no, no. I was, I was working from home because it was in the middle of the pandemic. Oh, oh yeah. So I was yeah, like, I forgot. I, yeah, yeah. So I get this weird call. Um, I think it was from New York, a New York number. I'm like, who the fuck is this? Why am and I so ask, excited? I don't know why. I know. Why is that? It's, 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 not that great but anyways i got this call from like a 212 number and i'm like who is calling me right now and it was one of the casting like the the casting producers or casting people and then she's like hey you know we we really like you know the producers really like your resume they think you're great um we want to get you on to the next phase which is like speaking right speaking in front of the camera they want to see like who wendy is like tell me your story and i'm like okay i'm like okay great when do you want to do this and they're like what about next week and i'm like wow that was next week i was very fast because like after they called me everything went by super fast you know so but it was it was dead for several months it was dead for several months and then once they called me um things just seemed to move a little bit faster and did you, you have to tell your manager to take time off, right? Yeah, I had to take time off. I had and to you have to un- tell them, hey, you say, hey, I'm going on a TV show with Bethany Frankel. Can you tell them or no? Well, you had to tell, you had to tell your, well, if you work for a company like I did, I had to tell my boss, hey, I need to take time off. And I was honest with him that I was applying to another job with Bethany Frankel, but I did not tell him, um, 
you know, that it was going to be a TV show. I told them because producers didn't want us to share that the show was in the making. Does that make sense? Because they, they, they wanted this to be like, oh, the show's out. You know, they didn't want you to share like show details. So I told my boss. Yeah, I told my boss the truth, but I didn't tell him that it was going to get recorded. I told him, like, I need to take time off. This is for a job working with Bethany, you know, and he was super supportive. He's like, yeah, take the time off. Um, and then, yeah, it worked out. <laughs> Are you in touch with anyone from the show? No, not anymore. Actually, I, I take that back. At the beginning, I was in touch with almost everyone, like right when the show aired and everyone was super excited, right? Everyone was super like, oh my God, the show's airing. I'm like, you know, we, we, we had our little Instagram chats or whatever. But then as the show continued to progress, I think we all kind of got up in our own feelings. And I, I stopped talking to certain people. Um, but I do keep in touch with Kristen and John Batchelor. They're my favorite. Kristen is a badass. Like if you want to interview her or like want to get a chance, she's super cool. She's built, you know, she, she has her own tech company. She just got funded um, from, from investors to, you know, take her company to the next level. So she's super smart. She's a hardworking woman. I think that's why I vibe with her so well because she's authentic and she's a hard worker. She's a hustler. And I love people like that. I love people who, who are just genuine and who don't feel like they have to always brag about everything that they do. Like she works in silence and I am just cheering her on all the success that she's having. Um, I also talked to John Batchelor. He was on the show for a very short period of time, period but, in, of time. but in that short period of time, we actually, we spent Thanksgiving as a cast together. We had dinner and that was my moment when I really connected with John. Like he told me his whole life story and like he went to what he came to LA and we had lunch together. Like we hung out and like, he always tells me come to New York and hang out with me. He's super awesome. And I love him. He's like the best friend that any girl would want to have to go on trips. Like seriously. <laughs> how advanced, how advanced did you get to see the episode before it is? live on TV. no i i watched it with everyone as 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 it was aired no one Wait, you, don't, you don't you don't get advanced screening no mm -hmm. no way how do you no 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 i need to prepare myself mentally and emotionally yeah you're not able we, to do that no we're not like unfortunately i feel like uh, i'm so sorry we to were hear. yeah i feel like you know I, we all found out things as the show was airing and people were talking and we're like, Oh my God, that happened. You know, it's reality TV. Okay. At the end of the day, it's reality TV and we can talk about this later, but sometimes things were edited in a certain way. Yeah. Some people, some people were made to look a little silly. Other people were made to look a little mean. Everything that happened obviously happened. It was there. Cause I know it would happen, but it also depends on how things are manipulated. Yeah. So, so for me, seeing it, like seeing certain scenes of myself or other people saying other things, like I was like, oh, like, damn, like that's, that's messed up, you know, or like seeing myself, like how I was portrayed. I'm like, oh, did I really say that like that? Like, oh, I'm not a mean person, you know? So it's like, it is what it is. It's reality TV and you sign. We all signed a waiver saying they have full control over the material and they can portray you in any way so we knew what we were getting ourselves into i just can didn't you know can you quit uh, if you don't i think you could quit yeah i think you could quit um 
no one quit, but I think that there, if you could, if you wanted to, you could tell the producers like, I can't do this anymore. And they would figure out a way to get you off the show in a way that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. What were your expectations before filming? Did you thought it was going to be like The Apprentice with Martha Stewart? I thought it was going to be like that. So I was surprised with yeah. that. Yeah, I thought that too. I, I think everyone too as a viewer, the way it was marketed. So it was the same thing marketed to the contestant, right? Yeah, I mean, okay, I think we all thought that the challenges would be more serious. Yeah. Listen, listen, like, some people on this in the group have awesome marketing skills. Like Nicole, this is what she does for a living. She has great social media skills. Like she would be amazing to work with Bethany in that, that realm of, of the business, I would for say. Social media. For that, whatever. Like, I, like I, yes, I, I just, agree. yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's, that's what I'm saying. Of operations. But that's what I'm saying. What I'm trying to get at is, like Nicole has the, the social media, the, the, the networking, all of that, the media stuff covered. Then you have Miloxi, who comes from a traditional background similar to me. Obviously, she's a little bit older, but she has that experience to maybe do operations or people management, right? Then you have me and Brody, who are younger, but we have experience. Brody works for a Fortune 500 company, if you didn't know that. Like, he works, he's also doing really well, and obviously, they don't talk about this on the show, but... We are young, but we have some experience. So what I'm trying to say is, like, we all thought that we were going to be in a more of a work environment. And then we're thrown things that are social media, mostly social media based. So I felt like, I don't know, I felt like I couldn't take it serious. Like, I wanted to take it serious, but then we were put in situations where it didn't feel serious. Like, it felt like we were in high school. You know, like it felt, it felt just, it didn't feel like a real competition. Like I'm not going to be at Tesla running. Like I wouldn't be cooking. Like I, I don't get it. Like I don't, I don't understand. I, I just couldn't, my skills from my career didn't really translate to the not challenges that they were giving me. I did really well in some of them, like the photo shoot, I did well, like the picture was great, but then she got mad at me because I cursed when everyone curses when they're stressed and they told me to be myself. So I'm being myself. So I just, it was, you know, it was, it was a very convoluted situation it's like do I do my my should I be myself should I be someone else like should I not curse like what do you want this is tv am I not entertaining enough but like I also want the job <laughs> so it's it's like I don't understand what you want you know so anyways my skills did not translate to the to the challenge they were giving me so in some of them I succeeded and other them other other challenges I didn't if they were going to tell me to run an operation like create a project flow I would fucking kick ass because that's what I do at Tesla. I literally live what I did. I live in Excel. I create project flows, operations. That's what I do. But you're telling me to run a photo shoot, to cook and then take pictures and create a blog. Like, I guess that's kind of like operations, but that's not what I would be doing as a VP. Brody literally got a sentence, only a sentence to show who, yeah. he, who he is. That's why I was surprised that did not go into the background of all of the contestants, which was I, I don't really wanted every single one of them. Yeah, I don't think the show was meant to 
to focus on us, unfortunately. I did not know that. I, I know yeah. that now, you know, after watching it, but expectation going in, I, I thought it was like, oh, the apprentice kind of thing. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, they didn't really highlight who we are and what we did. And I think because of that, people created a misconception like, oh, these people don't even know what they're doing. Like they're not, they're not like, you know, cut to do the job, but none of them actually know our backgrounds. They know Nicole's background because she was very transparent, but they don't know the other people's background. They don't know Anne's background. She was cut the first night. Yeah. They didn't know Brody's background. They still, even though he came back, they don't know his background. They don't know Ali's background, even though he talked about HR. They don't know what he works on. Like no one knows so they can create whatever stories they want to create based on the six episodes, seven episodes that they watch. They think people think they know who we are when they have like no yeah. idea who we are. Does that make sense? Yeah. This yeah. was, do you have access to computer and cell phone when you were filming? No. They, Why is have, so, what is going on here? This is like some crazy shit. But that's <laughs> what happens. Like well, from what I've heard with the people who worked around me, that that happens in reality TV. They, they don't, they don't give you access to your, computers or your phones they give you like an hour they would give us like an hour to talk to like our family or friends because it was during the holidays you know so and it was during covid as well so they knew like hey we need to give them some access to like connect with the real world so we did get access but it was it was not like we can keep our computers in our room they would come and collect our devices oh. and then you know we have no idea what's happening in the world <laughs> I was talking to Olivia Cornu from Marriage at First Sight, and she actually said that she had her cell phone and her computer the whole time. So I guess it depends on the production company. I was shocked to, to have her sit to have her say that at all. I was I was I was shocked to have her tell me that. Yeah, I think it also depends because this was a competition show. Ah. And I and they probably didn't want you to cheat, right? Like you can Google search how to create a blog post. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so like they were trying to also prevent us from like cheating our way through the show. Does that make You're sense? Right. <laughs> You're right. Like, yeah. So they would, they would confiscate everything. And we literally had like no way of, even though I doubt, I really doubt that anyone would try to do that. I think we all just wanted to talk to our family, to be honest. Yeah. Like we just wanted to speak to so because it was during the holidays, you know, it just it just sucked. It was during elections and Thanksgiving. Oh wow. So and Halloween. Halloween Halloween elections and Thanksgiving were all spent together and well not together but in like in production. Did you oh what was I gonna what was gonna ask you? Oh yes this was filmed in New York. Do you know what hotel was it in? What hotel did they put you in? Uh, I don't know if I can disclose that actually. <laughs> but is it a it's, nice hotel, or is yeah, it like nice hotel? Huh? They, 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 it's a nice hotel. They showed it um, when the first episode. They showed the entrance. It's in Soho, actually, oh, and it's Soho. it's yeah, it's close to Bethany's office, actually. From one to ten, ten being the most stressful. What is the big shot with Bethany? Ten is the most stressful. I think I would give it like. Uh, eight whoa that's stressful yeah. and they they, they like we we I, we were on the highway i was like i was looking because i'm not from new york but i was like looking and looking looking on the highway and it just we just kept going for like an hour and a half i'm like where the hell are they taking us they don't tell you anything and then we get there and then you know for our for our wardrobe 
they they tell us okay wear this okay don't wear this blah blah blah. anyways i didn't know most of us didn't know we were gonna be filming in the fucking cold cold night the first episode about that why were you not inside because even bethany was shivering when she was outside i was thinking about that i was like is this a covid protocol where they can't have people in 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 the house what's going on we we ended up being inside for the challenge but like what i'm trying to say is like they didn't even tell us the contestants bring a sweater some people brought it and they got some people brought it in this yeah like so me like a few other people like me jenna and a few others like we didn't have a sweater and we were so cold like you couldn't i don't know if you could tell like they cut certain things but we were literally shaking and it's like how are you gonna give a good impression to bethany when you're uncomfortable in the cold your hands are frozen and it's like you know i wish they would have prepared us and taken care of us better i don't feel like you know i don't feel like i don't know i feel like they could have just given us more um insight into how to prepare better because sometimes we're thrown into these situations and we're like okay figure it out and we're like what you know so it doesn't feel like a job interview it wasn't structured like a job interview it was structured like let's just figure it out (laughs) so but it was a cool experience but it was a stressful experience you know i don't think i don't think you know i don't know i don't know what i want to say but it, it was just very stressful for for a lot of us who started have you have you found out the person who started that stupid rumor about you and uh uh brody i was gonna say Corey, but it's brody no oh i love Corey. i forgot about Corey. Corey's awesome i love him um the rumor it, well, i don't i don't know i was just told when i was doing an interview well maybe i shouldn't they say made it up maybe they did for some drama (laughs) i wouldn't be surprised because when i when i confronted nicole about it she was also like what and i was like yeah they told me and i think they cut i think they cut the part when i said yeah they told me and by why they i mean the people production (laughs) yeah 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 you know what i I mean so it was production because when i was watching it i did not get a sense that you have a crush on him or that he was attracted to you. I didn't see any of that. So when I confronted Nicole and, you know, I looking back, yeah, maybe I could have taken her to the side. Maybe I didn't have to say it like that. You know what I mean? Like maybe, but then there would be no show. Not (laughs) that's the thing. That's, that's the the reality. It's like, you know, they, they, they try to create you. They try to, no, I don't care about the followers. I mean, seriously i don't because i don't want to be famous like i'm happy where i'm at no, no, i mean like uh the camera crew oh yeah, 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 yeah. Camera. can't they zoom or something the they can but uh, what i'm trying to say is like i feel like they try to create like conflicts because then there's no show then there's no entertainment then it's just like a boring group of people you know what i mean even though i'm a normal person they still need to entertain people because it's the show you know what i mean so there's I don't know why she cut Brody. He would have given us entertainment for the sh- for, for for the show too. And I cannot yeah. believe that she hired Corey. Maybe that was a lie. Maybe that was just for camera. But it's just like, how are you well, cutting well, him and then having him on your social media team? It's just it just does not make sense. I and I almost feel like, oh, I rather. Uh, what's the to me? What is the point of going through the whole entire thing? Was in my head. When that was happening, I was really shocked when he hired, when she hired people off the show immediately. I know we were like, oh, you got cut, but you made it. 
as well because yeah. I know I'm not going to stay with Bethany forever but it's a it's a good it's a it's a good it looks good on a resume it looks good on a resume depending on what you want to do with your life we also have yes to, you also have to take that into account right like I come from Tesla I work at an investment bank right if I went from <laughs> if I went from Tesla to like social media I probably wouldn't have my investment banking job right now right so it, it depends it depends on what you want to do with your life and what where you want like if you want to be in media 100 bethany is your great stepping stone and you can contribute to her company and you know you can you know do all those great things and then take your career to the next level but you know i thought that i could if the job was vp of operations if that was the title and you that's what I was going to do, then yeah, do I could do it because then I can use that leverage to say, Hey, I work with an entrepreneur. We build brands. We did this, this, and that, you know, right. this was, you know, this was what we were able to scale. This is how we scaled the business. These were our numbers at the beginning. This is what our numbers are. When I came in, when I left, then I can take that and continue yes. leveraging my career. Correct. But if it ends up being some glorified assistant job, I think that's what most going to be then most likely my, my career will tank because okay. you go from Tesla to a glorified assistant and just going to, unless I want to become a, an assistant for famous people, Correct. then it's a different story. But I wanted to, I thought, I personally thought that it was going to be operations. Like I thought we were going to be working on like spreadsheets. I thought we were going to creating like business decks. I thought we were going to, those are, that's, that's what I know how to do. If you put me to create a freaking blog post and you tell me to freaking create it in 20 minutes, it's going to have spelling errors because I have freaking five cameras in, on my face. I'm trying to type. You're telling me I only have 20 minutes. Yeah, it's going to be grammatically incorrect and there's going to be spelling errors because in the real world, no one creates a blog post in 20 minutes. Okay, in the real world, you create a business plan and you literally look at that business plan or that business deck or that presentation for at least a week before you pitch it, before you present it to your other colleagues. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so it's like it, it wasn't, it's not something that like the way the tasks were created, like we were all going to fail at one point. You know what I mean? Like we were all bound to fail because there's time constraints. There's literally 50 cameras around you. Like Imagine you're trying to concentrate on something and you have someone staring at you nonstop. Yeah. Imagine yeah. like, and especially if you're not someone who comes from entertainment, you have freaking cameras in your face like this. How many trying cameras? To have a, there were like so many, like 10, 10 or 12. Something what, like the what the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck? Because they would capture it. They would capture it from different angles, right? Like every time we split in groups, you would have like two cameras around you or like, then there would be like cameras upstairs, like capturing different angles. So there were a lot of cameras. There were a lot of lights. It was always hot. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it was an experience. <laughs> How many people do you think was in the crew? 20? Oh, no, more than that. A wow. Lot more. Like, like easy, like, 80 90 people ah, that is a big crew yeah that's what she said it was a big budget show with the best crew and the biggest partners and blah 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 blah. it was a big production 
Do you think Nicole had typos in her presentation or do you think that was production? Because I don't I think she had typos. Gotcha. Okay. I don't think she had typos because she made it very clear from triple check, fourth check, everything. Yeah. So, so I didn't do that. I obviously didn't. So I'm for sure had typos, but I know that she, we saw it on camera. She said, yeah, you need to check blah, blah, blah. You know, maybe, and maybe she said it, maybe the lady forgot to check. I don't know, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I hope I, I personally think she didn't have typos. Oh no, what question is this? <laughs> what, were your, what were your thoughts when Corey asked his boss and the models for a topless, topless oh. photo shoot? <laughs> I, listen, watching it back, he's such a gentleman. You know, like the way you see him in yes. camera is the way he is. Like he's really? so lovable. He's so smooth, he's you know? So smooth, like, yeah. ooh, like, yeah. So he's respectful. He's, very respectful and i think that's why bethany hired him because she can trust him you know what i mean um and i think he i think he was trying to be creative and i can totally see his vision i think he, i can totally see his vision of why he would ask bethany to do that right what was his vision to make it classy and nice and like you know like have something like vogue you know what i mean like ah, oh, gosh, you have it look something like well okay you know what I mean? Like something I like taste the aesthetic now. But before when he asked that, I was like, what are you doing? I don't understand yeah. who you would ask that. But now that I've spoken to you and you talked about the aesthetic with Vogue, I got it. I think that's what he was going for. You and of course, maybe malicious. No, no, 100. He's, he doesn't have that heart. I could tell. That's why I liked him so much because I could tell from people's vibes. I pick up on vibes really well. He was like super cool, super chill from day one. Um, and I've never thought that he would have like malice or anything like that. But maybe he asked the question the wrong way. Maybe he should have been like, what do you think about not having a top? I don't know. Maybe he should have asked it differently because the way the editing process happened, it did make it seem a little too like weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you don't know if Miloxi is currently working as the VP of operations since you're not in touch with anyone. No. Yeah, I don't know. I have you no know idea. there's no season two, right? Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I yeah, know that. It was announced, I think it was like announced a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Bethany mentioned that she's not doing the second season and she had no ties with uh, MGM Max anymore. Mm -hmm. I was not surprised. You know, I was not surprised either. I mean, I, I, I read all the blogs. I read all the reviews. What did the blog say? What did the review say? I'm not going to go into it. We can okay. Google search it. But, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that maybe has, has something to say, has something to do with it. But in all honesty, I think Bethany carried herself the way she is and people either accept it or don't accept it. And I think we all knew to an extent the way Bethany is, she's cutthroat. She's honest. She likes things to be done a certain way. And we all knew that. At least I knew that. Like I knew that I was going to be like, she was going to tell me if I messed up or praise me if I did well. And so I was mentally prepared for that. And I think the audience, we, the audience media probably was not prepared for that. And I think people need to give her, people need to understand, like, people have different ways of managing their business and growing their business. And I, I, I know she's taking some heat because of the way, you know, certain things were edited and portrayed. But I honestly think that she carried herself authentically as who she is. And you either yeah, love me it or too. hate it. You either yeah. love it or hate it. You know who Bethany is, right? You know. 
So yeah, and it was actually refreshing to see a side of her crying when she wanted to let someone go. Yeah, because she can be so blunt and cutthroat that it's nice to see that that balance. She has a heart. She's a human being yes. like all of us. We have feelings, but she's a strong woman. She went through a lot, and you know she means business. She wants people around her that she can trust. Uh, she wants people around her that are not going to backstab her. She's already gone through all of that, building this empire. She doesn't need that type of people around her. So, so I, I honestly think that not having a season two might be great because it allows her to just you know focus on you know Meloxi's brought on board. Meloxi is a great person. You know, hopefully she can help her company grow. Hopefully she stays long. I don't know if she will. Hopefully Corey stays long too. Um, but you know, I, I, Bethany's going to do well regardless if there's a season two or not. We all know that she's yes. genius. She's a hardworking woman. She will figure out the next move, the next way to make more money, the next way to impact people with her. Um, philanthropy side of the business you know she'll figure it out she doesn't need this show to no, amplify her brand skinny girl whatever she wants to do she already has such a great large social media following and people know her from the business world she doesn't need a show for it for for to take it to the next level two more questions sure were you how did you when they announced the winner and it wasn't you, how did you process your emotions after? Um, I was actually very happy. Happy for me and happy for the winner, which is Meloxi. Happy for me because I knew, like, I'm, I'm, how do you say it? You know that you, you, you were not gel in that environment after going through the process? Yeah, I mean, I knew that maybe I didn't have, I'm, maybe... It was almost, it, to me, it's almost as, as if it's too easy for you. Do you understand? After talking to you today in, in this podcast, it's as if you, are, you have way too much experience. I don't know how well, to the VP of no. operations is a very important job, but I feel like the show doesn't do its service. Right. So I was happy for Meloxi because I knew she really wanted it. You know, mm. Meloxi and I... And I, I wanted it too, but as the show continued, I'm like, what am I going to be doing? Am I going to like, well, what's going on here? Like, am yeah. I going to leave my job at Tesla to, what am I going to do? You know what I mean? Like, is it worth it? Is it worth for me to move from LA to New York, leave my amazing career at Tesla to work for Bethany, right? I was starting to question yeah. it because of the situations I was being put in. I am so glad you were honest about it about that okay because yeah. i'm not gonna bullshit you or anyone sorry for i curse sometimes as you know right yeah. i've always been super honest honest with the people around me some people thought i was mean some people thought i was rude but i'm always honest as we moved along the competition i was starting to question was my intelligence was my worth was my time going to be used efficiently to help build a company or was I going to become a second assistant that had some cool job functions, but was not really running operations, right? And was Bethany going to trust me to give me that workload to execute, right? Because I felt like the job, I felt like the show and the and the and the um, challenges were hindering. We're starting to we're starting to show me as someone who didn't have 
the skills to do that. But the fact is I was put in situations where I don't have skills because I'm not going to know how to do a fucking blog post. I'm not going to know how to freaking cook fucking cupcakes. I don't do that. Like I tell me, create a pivot table and show me, you know, a trend analysis, a cost analysis, budget reconciliation. (laughs) Tell me that. I will do that for you, woman, because that's what I do for my, for my living. That's what I do. Right. And I will always be honest with people. It and just I felt like, really basic. Like what, whatever the competition that she had in the show, it felt really basic. I mean, anyways, like going back, I was put into the situations where I started to question like, was I going to actually be doing what I was supposed to be doing as operations? Even if it wasn't VP of operations, if it was like mm. Bethany Franco operations, I could have ta- I could have taken it because it's operations, regardless of what business you go, if you run, if you work in operations, you see the front and the end and the back end of the business. Those are skills you can always take anywhere you go. Operations are always crucial to business growth, whether it's in tech, whether it's in investment banking, whether it's anywhere in sales, operations is essentially the backbone of any business. So wherever you go, if you have an operations role, you're going to be able to see the ins and outs of the business. So if that was going to be what my job was, then yeah, maybe I would have taken it because I would have been able to obviously grow and learn from working with a one entrepreneur, get those skills, and then my skills from Tesla and continue growing over the years, right? I would have taken it, but I, I started to question it. Was that really what I, what I was going to do? Or was I going to be given tasks to proofread someone's blog or to proofread, you know, to, I don't know. I just, so anyways, I knew Milwaukee wanted it and, you know, she's worked in it. I, I think from what I see, she's working with other companies too. And hopefully her skills are used to the best of her abilities. Hopefully she's, you know, she, she feels fulfilled in her role. I don't know if she's going to take the job. I have no idea what's happening. Um, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. She mentioned, uh, Maloxi mentioned she was the chief of staff for, for a company when she was on the show, when she joined mm-hmm. the show, but she did not share which one last question. Now, what looking back, what would you do differently? Looking back, I probably would have, uh, I mean, if I do this, if I, looking back, if I would have done this, I would have been authentic to who I am as a person. But, but I, I feel like I should, you are, though. No, but if I did this, if I did this, I wouldn't have been authentic to who I am. But I feel like I should have because now I gave production a lot more to work with. Like, for example, my, my discussions with Nicole, right? My flirtiness with Brody even though I didn't like him he didn't like me but I liked him as a person like he seems so cool like he's from the Middle East I love Middle Eastern food I love Middle Eastern culture right I feel like if maybe I should have rolled it back a little bit and not been so friendly or so blunt that would have given less uh less material for production to work with to maneuver things the way they wanted to do it to portray me right because because I was myself, 100% myself. I was honest. I stood up for people. Um, I called out BS. Um, but I feel like I gave them a lot to work with in a sense where I didn't like certain things of how they were edited about me. Does that make sense? Yeah. So maybe if I was a, like, for, for example. Okay. 
some people, I'm not going to name, uh, say names, but I'm just going to reference. Some people on the show were very like tight lipped, like, like, you know, I'm going to like behave a certain way and be super like respectful oh. and, and be super like, you know, whatever. And they, they were portrayed in a certain way. Like, Oh, they're so polished. They're so like, Ooh, then there's me. I'm being myself. And then now they have more like Nicole, she was being herself. You see, like they had so much to work with for me and Nicole that they were able to create whatever they wanted to create. Does that make sense? Yeah. Whereas other people on the show who we know they're not like that in real life. We know they're not like that in real life because I've had conversations um, with them off camera. But when they come on camera, they're more reserved. They're more like, not going to say anything. I'm just going to listen. I'm not going to get involved. And then, you know, they're portrayed in a different way. So what I could have done, I wish I would have done, it's just been a little bit more careful with what I said around the cameras. That's it. Wow, Wendy, thank you so much. <laughs> You're so I welcome. To, I, I need to do some uh, fraction Googling right now. Yeah, do some I'm fraction serious. investing. I'm Build serious. your portfolio. Yes. How much do you think? Hmm, I was going to ask you, how much, how much do you think is safe to invest? Like, like a thousand? Um, so do you, do you, do you recommend using a, a thousand to invest in different stocks or put it in one stock like Amazon? Well, it's always good to diversify. So my answer would be, even if it's a thousand dollars, at least do it like at least two stocks, at least two stocks, right? It's always good to diversify because you don't want to always put your eggs in one basket. And then, you know, that goes down and then all your thousand dollars are going down. Not that it's going to go down forever, but you're going to see that amount decline. So I always say if it's going to be a little bit of money or whatever you feel comfortable with, at least two stocks, at least split it in half. So you have a little bit of a balance um, in terms of the amount if you're just starting off, I would say start small. I think $500, $1,000 is perfectly fine. Okay. Build from there, right? Like gain some, do it consistently, <laughs> right? Very <laughs> consistently. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you should be excited because, you know, you're building something for yourself, right? You're investing your money. If you have $1,000 in a bank account, nothing's going to happen to it. It's just going to stay there. But if you invest it, you know it's going to grow regardless of what happens in the market. It's going to grow over time. So always have that mindset. Okay. Thank you so much for your advice you're today. So welcome. Good stuff, especially you're very generous with your investment advice. Yeah, and you know... Not like, holding anything back. Okay, exactly. bye. For real bye. time. <laughs> have a good one. Thank you for having bye. me. <laughs> bye. Hey, I'm James Kennedy from Vanderpump Rules and you're listening to Spirituality and Self-Love in the Modern World Podcast. Don't forget to share this episode to Instagram and Facebook to subscribe. Kisses to everyone and take care of yourselves.